This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program for the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Want to join the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. This is Walter Koenig, Chekhov from Star Trek, and you're listening to Trek FM. Risk is our business. It's like nothing we've dealt with before. By golly, Jim, I'm beginning to think I can cure a rainy day. I can't change the laws of physics. Now in standard orbit, sir. Welcome, everyone, to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated podcast to the original and new cast of Captain Kirk and the Enterprise. I am Ken Tripp. I am Zach Moore. And I am Haley Stoddart. Today, we're going to explore our favorite quotes from the series and movies. I'm excited. We're working from a top five list that we've created and haven't talked about any of it with each other. So this is going to be really exciting. I'm hoping there's no crossovers. Yeah, we don't like crossovers. Yeah. None of that. It's all about TOS around here. No, we're just kidding. So, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be interesting to bounce these uh, off of each other and see what we come up with and see how much crossover there may or may not be. What I enjoyed about putting this list together is I have some you know, very well-known iconic quotes, but I also have some that resonated with me that are, I would say, mine and not very well-known. But uh, what I'll say is, since most TOS fans can say each and every line from each episode and movie... Just a phrase that I've taken and used many times with non-track fans, especially because it made me seem smarter than I really am. And I don't tell other people where, you know, well, don't tell me that other people haven't done that because I think everybody who's in Trek has because we were all stealing things that we thought uh, sounded really cool. But I'll, I'll be the first to admit it that I've done that many times, especially in the business world. Oh, half of what I say in everyday life is a Star Trek quote. You know, it's a kind of litmus test to see if people are also Star Trek fans. You know, I kind of throw one out there. I'm like, oh, nobody nobody caught that? Okay. Well, then, great. Uh, <laughs> I'm that original. Or if someone does catch it, you like have it. Oh, I know where that's from. We're going to be friends now. You know, so that's that's how you, that's oh, how you find new friends. We're all experts in Shakespeare. And then they're like, oh, you're that kind of Trekkie. <laughs> yeah, but they don't know. See, if they know they're just as bad as you, that's the beauty of it. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there another kind of Trekkie? I don't think so. <laughs> we all know these lines. All right. Well, since chivalry is not dead on this show, Haley, kick us off with your number five favorite. All right. My number five favorite. All right. So, you know, I was going over all of this and I was sitting there thinking and I really tried my darndest to stick with TOS. So I'm really, this is the only one that's not a TOS. My number five is make it so. You know, Captain Picard says this all the time, and I try to apply this motto for me. Um, A lot of these are mottos, I think, that can be applied to life. And, you know, making it so and and doing, you know, if you've got something in mind that you want to do, do it and do what you can to make it happen. Because if that's your end goal, if that's something that you want to see happen in your life or someone else's life that you want to do for someone, make it so. What do you guys think? Well, well, I, well it's, it's a great <laughs> quote. It's also a very common phrase used in the in the British Navy. So when they when they order you to do something, that's that's where it comes from. Make it so. Action stations, things like that. Very very British. You know, where uh, in the U.S. Navy you don't hear "make it so." You know, it's "get it done," <laughs> things like that, or execute. You know, or you know, carry on is kind of the the, the the key phrases. It's pretty good. I'm just I'm just worried about you know Justin, Richard, and Amy and their lawyers. Here we go because 
this is such a great idea. You know they're going to steal it for their own show one of these days, but you've already hit it off with TOS. But that's fair. <laughs> and it, obviously it resonates with you. And I like the what you said is about how it appeals to you, why it is a good quote. And I think you define that well. Thank you. So you might be interested to know, Haley, there's a book called Make It So Leadership Lessons from Star Trek The Next Generation uh, by Bill Ross and Wes Roberts. So check it out. Uh, I actually have it, but I looked it up as you were talking about it to get all the specifics <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's basically taking, it's like a philosophy based off Captain Picard. Uh, it's, you know, it's like from the 90s, the, the height of Star Trek books. So uh, put that on the list. I will. Isn't Check that, out. Make that, that a, so. Okay? Isn't that a name yeah. of a book from some seamstress somewhere? I, I thought. No. <laughs> you know, it it could be. Uh, I don't think that's the title of the uh, stitch book that I have, but it could be. It could be your title for your book. <laughs> it could be my title for my book. With all the cross-stitching you do, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Zach, you're up, buddy. Well, I'm going to go with a quote from Star Trek V. And we talked about it in our crossover show. What does God need with the starship, right? Great quote, this, yeah. Yes. You should put this on T-shirts. And like I said, I found sort of maybe a T-shirt. It looked actually it was just a template. I was actually disappointed. <laughs> It was not an actual shirt I could order, but apparently I could take that template and go put it on a shirt and buy it. So I might. But I think that's brilliant because that is, you know, that is the, you know, trust but verify, always questioning the mentality that you should always have with with presenting with anything, right? But especially if if something's going to present itself as God to you, you can kind of logically reason out, like, okay, if God is all powerful and can do whatever, like, why does He need a human spaceship to accomplish His mission, right? So it's 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 a red flag, right? And even, you know, even it, all the reactions around that, because McCoy's like, you don't ask the Almighty for his ID, right? <laughs> it's a, but it's a very logical question. Um, and, of course, that's that's what sets, quote-unquote, God off, and he starts zapping everybody and reveals his true nature, being a phony. But I, I, I think that's just a, a very well, well-said, well well-written, and uh, great quotable line. Now, you can't really use that in everyday situations, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I still quote it as much as I can. <laughs> I think that's it's a good line. I like it. It is. Yeah, I didn't have that on my list. I had it down, but you know, I was just I was going through everything and I was just typing up ones that are super memorable and and you could say to a lot of people and even if they don't necessarily know a lot of Trek, they would recognize the phrase just because I think some have just permeated television, other films in general. And uh, and so that I think I like it. I think it's great, but it didn't make my my top five. What about you, Ken? So for me, I'm starting off with Dr. McCoy. I'm going old school and it's anything that has to do with I'm a doctor, not a dot, 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 bricklayer, whatever you want to say. I always love that uh, that line. It was very common throughout the series. Always made me laugh. Glad to see that it made it into the new movies too on occasion. So just just the way he said it, the way it came across, McCoy is very, very quotable. And that's my first one. Nice. And it's even in the Kelvin films too, which is really great. You know, it, it carries on through all of them, which I think is awesome. Let's see. There is, what am I, a doctor, not a moon shuttle conductor, right? Mm-hmm. There's, I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer with the horde zone. Yeah. There's, I'm a doctor, not an escalator. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a funny. physicist. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm a doctor, yeah. not an engineer. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah, like you said, 09, I think he says I'm a doctor, not a physicist. But there's probably more. But that that is, I, I'm glad they they kind of cling on to that. Cling, no pun intended. Right? But they clung on to that phrase and they started, they realized that how amusing it was and especially DeForest Kelly's delivery was so iconic and, and now we do wear those on t-shirts so and it makes yes, me laugh every time he says it because it's just his face and the way he delivers that line makes me laugh every time <laughs> for sure okay all right Haley, number four so my number four is the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one Obviously, from Spock says that in Wrath of Khan, and I think we do hear it a couple other times. We also hear it in TNG when Spock says it. So, you know, it's iconic, but it's also, I think, very poignant and being very philosophical this episode. So, but I think, you know, we in this day and age, we tend to forget that it's not just about one person, it's not just about what one person wants or thinks or or whatever and 
life uh, in the fandom lately. Um, it's not just about how one person perceives things, but it's about everybody else. And you need to look at everybody else, not just yourself. Well, it, it was a very, very powerful phrase when it was first said, and yeah. it got flipped in Star Trek Three to explain Kirk's actions, which I thought was pretty neat. You know, so the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the many. And mm -hmm. um, so it, it's, yeah, it's it's a true iconic phrase that um, is very special. I think you, you picked a, a, a brilliant one there. Thank you. <laughs> what about you, Zach? What's your number four? Or what do you think? Or both. Or both, yes, <laughs> both. <laughs> no, I, I had actually considered doing the flip from Star Trek Three, but, you know, Three is my favorite, so I have a lot of quotes from that one. So I let that one go. But uh, I think either version of that, even though they're contradictory to each other, they complement each other as well, very well. Because uh, yes, the, logically, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. But from a personal standpoint, you turn around the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the many. It's kind of like you know the it's like the proverb of the. The, the shepherd who goes and searches for the one sheep, you know, he's got the 99 that are safe like that. It's just a universal truth, really. So, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, how, do you, how do you go wrong with that? Right? That is like but the modern philosophy right there. <laughs> the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few and the one. And I feel like so many other just fiction in general has, has um, borrowed from that. And obviously Star Trek didn't invent that. Nicholas Meyer didn't invent that. But to distill it down into such like layman's terms like that is that you cannot uh, make that phrase and the meaning of it more perfect and universally understood than the way Star Trek did it. So great pick. Thank you. Hmm. Sounded logical. Thank you. So as for me, I am gonna my next one is gonna come from Star Trek three. I mean you know the movies, right? The movies are so quotable, right? And uh they're I, I feel like the movies are gonna have a, a, a heavier uh weight on the scales here as, as we talk about everything. But mine is gonna be this is something I do use when I can on a regular basis. It's in Star Trek three when uh Kirk gets told they can't go back to Genesis, and he goes in the turbo lift uh, with Sulu and Chekhov. You're like, the word, sir? He says, the word is no. I'm therefore going anyway. <laughs> so I try, to, I try to use that when people tell me no or something, my friends are talking, and, and sometimes they know what I'm talking about, sometimes they don't. But it just kind of sums up what Kirk's kind of, his rule-breaking kind of maverick mentality is, in the movies anyway. You know, in the show, he was he was more of a, Know, a rule follower but in the movies you know he was like you know what i'm gonna do what i need to do to do what's best so yeah it's just yeah they told me no but i'm gonna do it anyway so whatever right so i like that uh, not to say you should break all the rules people he had a very good reason to do so so not quite a life lesson to live with every day but if there's some silly thing someone tells you no to do and there's really no harm other than someone else's um, attitude to do it just do it anyway so that's my number four you guys ever use that in real life? No. <laughs> I don't know if I've I've quoted it. I, I I appreciated the quote, and there's a lot of great lines in Star Trek Three, and that's one of them. I think it was a a pivotal pivotal pivot. I always screw up that word. Pivotal moment. I think in the movie when mm. everything flipped, and that's when Kirk goes rogue, and really for the first time, ultra right. you know, ultimately rogue, and pulls it back in for the next you know few movies after. But I uh, I, I think that that's a great quote, and I uh, now I'm thinking, okay, how can I start using that quote? So, yeah, <laughs> <like>. <laughs> All right, Ken, what's your number four? My number four from Star Trek Four. So Spock and McCoy are having a conversation on their way back to Earth, and McCoy asks him to cover a little philosophical ground, right? And Spock tells him that you have to have a common point of reference in order to have the conversation. And just McCoy's face when he looks at him and says, you mean I have to die to have a conversation <laughs> about death with you? I always thought that was a brilliant line and funny as hell, just because... You know, Spock's looking like Adam. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what's <laughs> you want to talk about? You know, we have no common frame of reference. You have unless you, unless you die, we can't discuss. It. Anyway, he, I just he's not even. Was, yeah, he's not even surprised by our question. He's like, well, yes, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah it, it was just. I, I just thought that was really brilliant writing and very funny, and the timing of it was was perfect. So that was my number four. So like um, that's a tough one to quote, by the way, that you can't use that in real life very often. Yeah, no. <laughs> Only once or twice, I think. Could once or twice, yeah. You know, maybe just after you've, you've, you've fixed the individual with the AED in their back, you know, but that's about <laughs> it. Yep. All right. What about you, Haley? What's, what's the next round for you? Number three, this is uh, Kirk from uh, the episode Return Tomorrow. 
So it's, uh, they used to say that if man was meant to fly, he'd have wings, but he did fly. He discovered he had to. And I think, you know, it's really positive. It's really inspirational. I think it's a great line just because, you know, if you've got something you've got to overcome, overcome it. You know, if you have to, you have to. That's from the famous risk is our business speech. Yes. It's in there. Right. Yes. I didn't. I, I specifically avoided that one. I figured one of you two would uh, <laughs> pick it. But you got to say it like Shatner. He's like, but they did. Fly. This <laughs> <Like, that's just laughs> crazy pause between that. But no, absolutely. It's a, that's the optimistic Star Trek philosophy of the future. And I, I really do enjoy that. that. That's what separates Star Trek from so many other uh, science fiction. I mean, most exactly. science fiction is like post-apocalyptic. Oh no, the computers took over. The apes took over. Right, the whatever. <laughs> the took machines over. took over. Yeah, right. something took over. Yeah. Future war, nuclear war, whatever. And Star Trek is one of the few that's not that way. So good pick. Thank you. I like it. Very good. All right. What do you got, Zach? So for me, this, I don't know if you guys remember the Facebook.com back in the day when it started, right? 2004, 2005. It used to have like a quotes, right? You could put quotes in Facebook. And if you dig deep into people's profiles, you can still find they're still there, right? Yes. But so when I, when, yeah, but you have to really look for them, right? Like yeah, it's you really do. hard uh, <laughs> to find. So anyway, when, you know, when, when, you know, I signed up for Facebook back in college and it was new and all that, I was like, oh, good. I'm going to, I have to use a Star Trek quote. Which Star Trek quote am I going to use, right? And this is a perfect life lesson that is so true. It's a, again, universal truth from Star Trek. It's from a mock time. It's at the end of the episode, Spock tells Stan, he says, you may find that having is not so pleasing a thing as wanting. This is not logical, but it is often true. I'm like, is that not just like, ah, like the human experience right there? Because you, you, know, you work and you work and you work and you, you work to get something and you get it and you're like, hmm. Like it's 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 better to like the journey getting it is better than actually having it, and then of course you put stuff on pedestals too, and so it might not be what you quite thought it was when you got it. It's a very layered line, and of course it applies to that exact situation that Spock and Stan and Pring had all gone through. But you can apply that to a lot of situations in life, and that that's like just a great nugget of philosophy from Spock, and I, I really do enjoy that line much so much so that I made it one of my first quotes I put on my Facebook profile to tie that book in that little explanation together for y'all. So there you go, there you have it. You've been on Facebook that long? Wow. See, I was in college when it started, and they only let college people use it. So. Ah, okay. Okay. Before Southwest Airlines had a Facebook page and all that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But anyway. No, I think that's a great one. Yeah. I mean, I I probably came close to choosing it, but I didn't. So. Well, good. I'm glad. I figured Ken, somebody you, probably would. So. Did Did you pick it, Ken? Or is that no, my own? no, no. Okay. It 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 didn't hit my radar. And Excellent. and I, I as I hear you say it, I go, why didn't that? Because oh. it is it is a great line. But you know, we're we're only picking top five, right? For mm-hmm. for for three people, right? So fifteen different quotes, maybe, <laughs> out of a thousand, great quotes, maybe more that are out there. When you really really dig, just with TOS alone, right? And then. When you expand to the other series, oh my God! I mean, it's 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 a plethora right. of of things to choose from. Well, but, some of us expanded to other series. Yeah, it's all right. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all right. yeah all I right. did that. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time, Haley. We, we we know your roots. It's fine. It's just one of those things, though. But when you think about it, it's you know, there's there's probably going to be a few different aha moments and you go, oh, and think about it, right? When we post this show and we put it on the Babel conference, when the listeners start posting their mm-hmm. favorite quotes, yeah. we're all going to be like, oh, yeah, that's a brilliant one, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's just the way it goes. And, you know, and, and remember, this list is a personal one. So, right. you, you know, I've, like I said, my next one has no relevancy to anybody and it's not special or anything it's just something that really worked for me so you ready i'm ready let's hear it so this one is from the motion picture right i had to have one from the motion picture and it's it's shortly after spock has arrived on the ship and they're they're kind of trying to figure out spock's motives and um and mccoy says to him you know spock you haven't changed a bit you're just as warm and graceful as ever and Spock sends his, says to him, nor have you, doctor, as your continued predilection for irrelevancy demonstrates. <laughs> right Now, I have stolen that phrase a zillion times, but I have changed uh, the word irrelevancy to something else. So when somebody is 
saying something stupid or it just bugs me or whatever, that's what I'll shoot him with is your continued predilection for whatever, you know, being a jackass demonstrates whatever. It's just a very quotable line for me. And I always thought liked it because, well, when they wrote it, you know, I, when the first time I saw it or heard it, I'm like predilection for irrelevancy. Damn, there's a lot of syllables in this sentence. Yes, what are all these is. words? You know, <laughs> and uh, and I just thought it was just a a perfect Spock line, dead serious, looking right at at McCoy, expressionless, right when he just 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 full logic, right there. You know, get to the point. Don't insult me, right? I I, I don't. Know. Like I said, yours was so good. The last you, you both of yours were were really really good. But this is just one of my personal ones. I'll get more into the better ones as we go. Well, and I think that's what's great about, you know, something like this is we each have the ones that resonate with us or ones that we do say a lot in daily life. And and that's great, you know, because it's that's one of the experiences of Star Trek is it's just incredibly personal. We each get the broader things from it all, but then we also get something that just really resonates with us personally. Mm hmm. Yeah, and when I was that age, whatever I was in in seventy nine and Sart, I would turn on and turn off the TV, and I was always verbal. I would always say, "Viewer on, you're off, off. you're off." Yep. (laughs) And my brother was like, "Will you stop that?" (laughs) Someday we'll get there, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're pretty close, but yeah, it's just it was just funny. It's just uh, things that resonate. Exactly. Okay, Haley. So this one, yeah, this one's not going to be a surprise, I don't think, for anybody. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if everybody didn't have it on their list because, let's face it, it it's the iconic live long and prosper and then the proper response of peace and long life. I, they're, you know, it's just, God, it's so good. I, I can't say anything else about it. I mean, it's, it's so great. I actually have it in Vulcan calligraphy on my arms. Well, I'm glad you included the response, right? Because they're 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 a they're a, a couple phrase, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know that's the thing about like may the force be with you. Like, there's not like a good like return speak to that, and you say, uh, and also with you. <laughs> you know, I don't know what else to say. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm in Catholic church or something, right? But no, when you know with the live longer foster, you say peace and long life. Again, universal. So much universal truths comes from the Vulcans here, right? Over and over, yes, it does. Exactly. I think it's great, you know, just because it's. It's wishing someone incredibly well, and you want them to succeed and have the best life possible. And it's it's them saying the same thing back to you, and I love it. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. And if they don't say it back to you, watch out for that person, because they do not mean you well. That's when you nerve pinch him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I keep, you know, I, I forgot, Zach, that she's Vulcan, so when you right. see her in person, we better behave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I did. I did like in '09 they where they kind of were a little meta with that phrase with uh, old Spock. He says like, as my customary greeting would be self-serving, self-serving, oddly, yeah. self-serving. oddly self-serving. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I will simply say good luck. <laughs> so, which arm has what, Haley? Uh, my right arm has live long and prosper, and my left arm has peace and long life. And has yeah. anybody at the conventions called it out? Did they see it and know it? There actually have been people, um, I think not last year, but the year before I was leaving the concert, and there was an older woman who was kind of off to, um, behind me on my right-hand side, and she actually said, oh, is that Vulcan script? And I said, yeah, and she goes, is that Live Long and Prosper? And I said, yeah, most people at the convention will recognize that it's Vulcan calligraphy. They might not know exactly what it is. Um, but then when I tell them, they're like, oh yeah. And then people here, they're just like, oh, that's really pretty. Is it musical? And I'm like, no, it's not music related at all. (laughs) Well, it's tough. I mean, you have to be real hardcore Trekkie to identify Vulcan tattoo, right? Because you could think like, is that Klingon? Is that Hebrew? (laughs) Like, what is that? Right. (laughs) So that, that, because I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, they might've come up with one now, but there is, there's like a Klingon dictionary and symbols and stuff, but there's not, I don't think there's the same resource for Vulcan there's not, and symbols, no. So, and you yeah. can actually, I think even Rosetta Stone has Klingon. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, unless unless you've bought it out there. Sorry. And maybe yeah. it's not. Okay. Well, kapla to you out there if you're trying yes. to learn Klingon. I like that. 
All right, Zach, what's your number two? So Spock is just filling up this list, but I mean. Yes, he is going to. How can how can you help that, right? So this is from Squire of Gothos. Spock is talking about Trelane. And he's been kind of a sourpuss about the whole like, Trelane thing. Trelane doesn't like him because he doesn't have fun and stuff. And Spock says that she says, I object to you. I object to intellect without discipline, and I object to power without constructive purpose. I'm like, man, that again, a universal life truth, right? Because like if you're really smart, but you don't, you know, if you use your knowledge for evil, then, you know, bad, right? And then if you have power and you're not using it for a constructive purpose and you're being destructive with it or just selfish with it, then yeah, there's a problem there too. So I think, again, that is a universal truth that Spock is spouting here about intellect and power and how they can be dangerous in the wrong hands, which is, you know, they encounter these aliens time and time again <laughs> that are doing that and they have to defeat them. Yeah. Ah, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. My, my other my other option for that would be <laughs> greetings and felicitations, hip hip hooray tally ho. That would be my other one. But, uh, <laughs> that was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I went with the more philosophical one from that episode. <laughs> well, you're a pretty deep guy, Zach. You know. Well, thank you, Ken. That's that's that's. I just cool. I just play one on TV, not really. But oh, did you sleep at a Holiday Inn Express or something? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I I really like that. That that is again. There's there's a lot of these things out there in in Star Trek, and just having you said it makes me think back, and it makes me smile because it's like yeah, there's there's a really good reason for for what's behind the show and the things that, that the writers came up with and, uh, and that character in particular. So yes. staying with the Spock theme, this is much more simple, but I think it was extremely impactful at the time. It's from Star Trek II and it's Spock. You are my friend. I have been and always shall be yours. And very simple line. But if you think about it, um, coming off the motion picture, we weren't really sure what the Spock-Kirk dynamic was going to be. And it pulled everything back to the original series and defined their relationship to what we understood it to be in the past and where it was going in the future. It was also something that you didn't hear in 1982, two guys say to each other very much, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it just wasn't. And I, and I think that you, you saw it a lot in the Kelvin timelines, you know, where they talk about a friendship that will define you both, all those things that, you know, you're a team. And, and I think that that made that relationship very, very special. So it was the timing of it, you know, the circumstance, the argument going back and forth. You know, I'm a Vulcan. I have no ego to bruise was also one of my honorable mentions. But it was during that conversation where Kirk is like, it's your ship. You take the ship. And he's like, I, just just go. And at the very end, to kind of reaffirm that he was very comfortable with that decision he said that line, and I thought it was, and, and the scene ends on that, you know, with them just mm-hmm. looking at each other. And I just thought it was a, a great moment in Star Trek and a great line, especially from a Vulcan. Definitely. Yeah. I, yeah. You just say it, and I almost, I get like a little welly in my eyes. And it just, you know, because it does, it brings back those emotions, and, and you can see that image. In your head when he says it it's it's one of those just phrases i think that just pulls that scene back to you so well well that's a great point ken about you know men being friends right it's a it's a great articulation of that just male friendship because it's always you know it's always kind of like you got to be the 80s right it's macho you got commando and rambo out there <laughs> you know just have two guys say hey man you're my friend and you have been and you will be and we're in this together to the to the end of the line as they said in captain america the Winter Soldier between Captain America and the Winter Soldier <laughs> to tie it in. So the, the modern day Kirk and Spock, Cap and Bucky, right? Anyway, that's a good pick. Thank you. Okay, Haley. Is this it? Is this the last round? Yeah, mm-hmm. can you believe it's it? Really quick. I we know. should have done like ten lines, I swear. Hey well, guys, you know, we've got we we've got going. a show we've got a show concept here now. <laughs> <laughs> this is endless. It can go on and on and on. It can go on and on and on. We can even have a Trek Madness from quotables between the series now. <laughs> battle of the Lions, I swear. Battle, battle of the best quotes. Oh, that would be good. That is the most objective thing ever, though. I think, you know, I mean, it's I know that. Fine. Yeah, it's just fun. You know. All right. So my number one, super easy. Uh, it's another Spock. And uh, I think this just kind of portrays a lot to who I am and it's just one word fascinating I say that a lot (laughs) 
Because I think a lot of things are fascinating. I think there's a lot in life to be excited about, to be intrigued about, and and there's still a lot of things that we can all learn. And yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that's fascinating. Or people's behavior sometimes is fascinating. Okay, you're going to act that way. So yeah. That is a great filler. You know, when I don't know what to say, I'm like, oh, fascinating. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm like, it is. Yeah, yeah. Instead of like, oh, cool, sure, yeah, oh, that's crazy. Like that, that is the it, conversations with people, right? If you want to, if you want to see if people are paying attention to what you say, if they say, oh man, that's crazy, they're probably not paying attention <laughs> to what you're talking about, right? Because that's a nice filler, right? So instead of oh saying, oh, that's crazy, and I say, oh, fascinating, right? And yeah, that's and of course I say it because it's Spock, but I, no, I'm, I am interested. Like I do find things interesting. Same way, Haley, like you uh, saying, like, oh, that is that is fascinating. But I, I feel like it's it, for me, it's like a half and half. Like sometimes I'm actually fascinated. Other times it's, okay, which of these three fillers, because I wasn't really paying attention, am I going to use? So there you go. <laughs> now you guys know if I say <laughs> you get a question, if I actually am listening Great. to what anyone's saying now. So the <laughs> secret's out. But anyway, that's, a, that, that's a, a, a must pick for this kind of list. So well done. Thank Absolutely. You. Now, here's the other question. Can you say it without raising your eyebrow? Because I cannot. Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, uh, See, I, I couldn't tell. So I was looking at you, Haley, when you were saying it a few times. <laughs> All right, well, but with your glasses, one, I like, could not one, tell. I've got my glasses on. Yeah, I could not yeah. tell. I'm I'm the but, partly blind person in this group. And you're all blurry now. Uh, fascinating. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Stone-faced. Stone-faced okay. didn't shift. I, I Because I used to practice that as a kid with the eyebrow. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, who didn't? Of course. Who didn't Always? practice that I, with as, the no, eyebrow? No, I, I think that that just goes along with the phrase, probably for most of the population, right? When we say it, we go, <laughs> fascinating. Mm. Yes. I think I have that GIF in my phone. And yes, I'm team GIF. So, yeah. Team, I think, as opposed to team GIF? Yeah. We should do so, a Twitter poll sometime. See. <laughs> what do you, Ken? You team GIF or team GIF? I'm now team GIF based on what you guys just said, but I can't say anything <laughs> prior to this conversation. What I used to call it. <laughs> oh. I've been educated. But yeah, I do think I have. I do think I have that one, <laughs> and I've got quite a few Spock ones in my phone and eyebrow, and like him, like turning, like after you know, just a reaction of like, mm -hmm. okay, all right, Zach, what's your number one? So my number one, I've talked about this before on Standard, but this is like my life lesson from Star Trek that I carry with me every day. It is from Star Trek V. Two of my five are from Star Trek V. How about that, right? That's amazing. But, I uh, know. But it's Kirk. It's when Cyborg wants to take his pain away, and he says, Damn it, Bones, you're a doctor. You know, the pain and guilt can be taken away with the wave of a magic wand. The things that carry with us, things we make us who we are. If we lose them, we lose ourselves. I don't want my pain taken away. I need my pain. And that is so true. Right, because without our, we are the sum of our choices and experiences, right? And so, if you just erase all the bad stuff that's happened to you, then that's really going to throw off, first of all, who you are as a person, and also like your radar in life and like your compass in life, right? Because your experiences inform your next decisions. And if and if you don't have like, it's it's good to go through trials and tribulations, right? Not trials and tribulations; those are cool too. But trials and tribulations in life help forge you into the person you're supposed to be, right? And if you just kind of erase all that, and life is just easy breezy, you know, you're not going to be able to 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 cope with conflict and obstacles the way you should and and, and it just that is it that is the like refining fire right of your life or these things and i think erasing them all is just yeah you might feel better temporarily but then you're faced with another conflict and you're going to be helpless with it so anyway i carry that with me because knowing that like look whatever i'm going through now i need this and my last problems will inform my next problems and the more problems down the road will be informed by the problems i'm going through now so it's just you know it's just a great life lesson and philosophy to take as you go through trials in this life as you will yeah, well said, man. Yep. Exactly. Couldn't say it any better. What I what I think you've done, Zach, is you've kind of pulled it full circle, right? So you so you use the Spock to Ston line about mm. you know wanting is sometimes better than than actually having because of the journey it takes to get it. I think life without struggle would mean that there would be a huge emptiness in acquiring such things, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, whether whether it's uh, whether it's an object or, or affection or whatever it is, um, without that pain or remembering what what it's like to go through it, um, it it really impacts our ability to be empathetic, right? Mm -hmm. And you do see a um, 
kind of a trend out there. You know, I was, I was reading not that long ago about, I don't know if it's a lot or a few or if it's one, but kid or kids suing their universities because they couldn't get employed, right? Hmm. I don't know what their degree was or whatever, but like it was owed to them because they went to college that they, and it's like, well, going through college is a struggle and it's a trial. It's also a lot of fun. It's all those things, but you haven't earned anything yet. Right. You've only you've acquired the knowledge, but you haven't applied it. And um, and, and I think for for uh, people that that have worked hard or struggled and, and knowing the two of you, you both have been through an awful lot in your lives. And, and you've you know, you should be very proud of where you're at. But that's because of that pain that you've had to endure and overcome. And it, it makes us better people. So I think that's a that's a great quote. That's a that's a really Thank great you. quote. And, and there's a lot like to your point there. There's a lot of other lines like. Return of the Archons, The Side of Paradise, right? They speak to that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. But I think, again, with the movies, or like the movies or TOS that it's best for the way I see it, and they, they've, they, that's like the perfect formula. Even a flawed film like Star Trek V has some great knowledge in it. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. All right, Ken. All right, here we go. The final. I would have, this will this will come up, I think, a lot in the Babel Conference as well. There is no such thing as the unknown. Only temporarily hidden or temporarily not understood. And that's from uh, Corbomite Maneuver, I believe, as well as in Star Trek Beyond. And uh, it's, it's a great quote. It really is. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a little esoteric. I do get that. But I, I like that because it's the, the challenge to go beyond, right? Just like the whole risk is our business type thing. So in other words, don't be afraid of what's behind the curtain. We're going to figure it out. No, that's a great one. I totally agree, you know, because there is so much that, you know, we venture out. We we don't know how things are going to work and, you know, and but you have to take that risk. Because risk is our business. It is. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, that, that, that's great you zeroed out on that one, Ken, because it, that, that was from the first, you know, proper episode of TOS. It was. Maneuver. And it's from the hopefully not last, but currently last Kelvin timeline movie, right? So I mean, mm-hmm. it kind of bookends a lot of Star Trek going on there. They pull it back, you know, fifty years later. So obviously Simon Pegg had, a, a, you know, I assume Simon Pegg being the Trek guy, he is pulled that back from his knowledge and, and dropped it in beyond. And 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 absolutely because I mean, if you like, what what's exploring all about, right? Like, ah, uh, it's I don't know, it's over the that hill. I don't want to go over there. You know, <laughs> you know, that's dangerous, right? Well, if, hey, I mean, it's it everywhere was unknown until somebody walked over there. So. Do it, right? Make it so. It's all temporary. Exactly. Well, did you guys, either of you, have any other ones that didn't make the top five, just barely? I have a, like a, I have have one. All right. It's more of an, it's like an exchange, like it's a little nugget, but then you can expand it out to the exchange and the context that makes it so good. But it's when Spock and Sarek are talking at the end of, Star Trek Four. That that whole scene is so great. Like, if, it's a like if scene. like if if it, two Vulcans talking to each other, right? Like like if if any Star Trek show someone is playing a Vulcan, you need to show them this scene. Like this is how Vulcans interact with each other. Spock and Sarek, right? It's like your associates are of good character. It's like they are my friends. And he's like, of course. <laughs> like he's disappointed that his son <laughs> thinks these associates are his friends. <laughs> you know, it's just an interesting dynamic. But ultimately, what Spock says, uh, he's like, I feel fine, right? And that. Is, is him, Spock is back, right? This whole trilogy has been like, you know, he died, he came back, he was figuring out who he was. He was talking to his mother earlier in the movie about that. The computer was asking him, like, he's answering all these crazy equations without a problem. And the computer asks him, how do you feel? And he can't answer it, right? Because it's it's beyond just logic. And that's Spock. Spock is the perfect balance between logic and emotion. That's his journey throughout the show, throughout the movies. And at the end of the movie, like, he says, I feel fine. And he's comfortable with who he is. And he accepts that. And in the next couple of movies, you can see that character progression. So just so much about that scene, but specifically that line, I feel fine, is a great little Spockism in the Star Trek lore. I use that a lot. I, I use that line, you know, you're, you're people of good character. I, I don't think I would have used that phrase had it not been for that movie. I mm-hmm. did not have the same interpretation as you, though. Okay, what, that, what was your interpretation? My inter- Well... When when um, when he says of course, I think he's just acknowledging because he just said they're people of good good character. Well, they are my friends. 
Well, of course they are, because they're people of good character. That's how I, I had that circled. Not him being sarcastic or saying, you know, of course, like you're you're you're, you're using feelings. That that was just me. I, I just thought. See, it was I, I just I just read into the the Spock Sirk relationship. He's like, oh, of course, but that, but he's not he's not dissing the fact that they're his friends. He's just saying, of course, my emotional son. <laughs> would apply that term to this situation. So. I didn't think that, so now it's up to the Vulcan. Haley? Yeah, Haley, what do you mm. think? I I have to side with Ken. I think it's just a matter of, well, of course they are your friends. I mean, because they've had this journey from the original series and the films up to this point, they've had this journey together, and because Spock chose to not... Um, go to the Vulcan Science Academy, he decided to join Starfleet. I think it's not so much a sarcastic remark. I think it's just an acknowledgement that, of course, these people that you have grown with and, and shared so many life experiences with, and, of course, they're going to kind of rub off on you a little bit. I mean, you do. When mm. you live with people for such a long time, I lived in California for a while, and when I was there... Uh, a friend that I hung out with a lot, she's from Tennessee, and I picked up and started saying y'all like no other, like it was crazy, and then I moved back home and I don't say it because people don't say it here. I might every now and then, but I mean I was saying it a lot, and so I think it's just that acknowledgement that these friendships have kind of rubbed off on Spock. So I find this fascinating, seriously, because ah. that's, the, that's the way I've it's always. It's a filler, Haley. It's a filler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's uh, that's fascinating, Haley. Yeah. No, I just because knowing Spock's and and Sirik's, like uh, being have such different mindsets about what it is to be Vulcan and human and all that. I just saw that as Sirik just that, that's his point of view on it. Like, ah, of course, but that's interesting, and I think they're both perfectly valid yeah. interpretations. But uh, that's so interesting that we could uh, all see that, just read that one scene so so differently. You know what would be frustrating, right? You you send a note to Nick Meyer, and he's going to just say, well, what does it mean to you? Yeah. So, <laughs> there'll be no answer. Yeah, there'll be no answer. You know, what's up with the glove? What do you want to I do want have to, to wonder, mean? Zach, with that interpretation of that, is that uh, you coming off of their relationship and their interactions in TNG, or is that purely just their interactions from the original series? Well, they have a strange relationship. Even Journey to Babel, I hadn't speak spoken like twelve years, you know. And yes, they're in better standing when it comes to the movies, but I, I don't know. You. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> You're right, though, because you know, growing up with TNG as well, I, I know how their story ends, right? Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, and, and even though it is sad, it is very realistic. And I think they have one of the most yeah. fascinating, no pun intended, re- uh, relationships because you know people's relationship with their parents is never cut and dry you, know, you have different shades right so i you know it's it's interesting to see a character like spock and Sarek, who like Sarek's not a bad guy but Sarek has a different point of view and a worldview than his son does and how those uh those clash you know when it comes to how he chooses to live his life and uh so many of star trek characters are they're orphans or one of their parents have passed away right so you don't get that full family dynamic you get with the the Sarek family or i don't know the whatever they're whatever they would call their family their family unit because uh, his mom's over here his dad's over here he's kind of in the middle and uh yeah i just uh, the, perhaps the tng ultimate end of the relationship is informing that interpretation but uh but i'm choose i'm gonna choose to see it as, as Sarek just just getting a little vulcan cut in there in their final conversation in that film. Well, there it is. So any other honorable mentions by anyone? Didn't mean, I didn't mean to take over the whole honorable mention <laughs> time with that, <laughs> but no, that's fine. an interesting little no, side note we went on. Mine, mine was pretty simple. I just said, he's dead, Jim. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That is a good one. I, I, I had that on my like major lock list. So yeah, that's sure. a good one. Ultimately, the one that just barely missed it was obviously to boldly go where no man Later, no one has gone before. I think, you know, I I also have that as an iteration uh, with one of my tattoos. And I think we do need to boldly go. We need to grab life as much as we can, even when it's scary. And I I try to live by that. And I try to boldly go when I can. <laughs> now, do you have that in Vulcan or No. That limits it. Nope, that one. That one's not. It's in English. It's uh, that one's. I said my... inhuman. What is silly? <laughs> inhuman. It is inhuman. Uh, it's with my science badge that's on my shoulder. So gotcha. 
Cool. That is the mission statement of Star Trek, if there ever was one. Right? Exactly. The, cap- the captain's oath, as we found out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, so those are good, definitely good uh, honorable mentions, guys. Well, thank you, Zach. <laughs> I had fun with Glad. this one. <laughs> this was good. This was good. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that uh, this has got some legs, my friend. I think this has got some. We'll legs. have we to. Can... Uh, we'll have to. Okay, so we we'll need. So we we'll need to uh, document which ones we said here, so we don't repeat ourselves. <laughs> the future. Well, you know, remember the episode number, Zach. Right, that's first, and then. Um, Two twenty six. Yep, but I I think that uh, you know we could, we could drill this down into specific movies and specific episodes. Your favorite quotes. Mm-hmm. So because there's so many, mm-hmm. so I, I exactly. think this, this could be fun. So it'll be interesting to hear what our listeners would like, and uh, we could go in that direction. It, yeah, it is tough because you know my whole brain is full of all these quotes <laughs> all the time. It is really hard to to like just break them down to five, right? Uh, so I tried to pick a good like mix between like you know, not silly, but like you know, what does God need with the starship, right? Like how what does that apply to in real life, right? Mm-hmm. But then like actual like you know. If you, these some of these Spock's quotes that we all saw, like you could you could print this out and put it on a wall of like a psychiatrist's office or something, right? They're that deep, I think. So there's such a great mix of great dialogue across the board, from serious, to sincere, to humorous, and and uh, and I'm sure, like you guys were saying, you know, once we start getting comments in the Babel conference, it'll be fun to read what everybody else's top quotes are in Star Trek or what they gravitate towards the most, because it's a very objective thing, and that's what's great about. It. There's literally something in Star Trek for everyone, and that's what's great about it. one of the many things that's so great about it. Yeah. Exactly, it's it's circulating in my head now. I'm thinking of quotes from DS9. I'm thinking from you know, it's just it's there's 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 tons, there's tons, and it's a target rich environment, and I think it's great for us because um, we have a limited scope <laughs> compared <laughs> to TNG and others. But uh, I I I you I think you'll find that the uh, the genesis of a lot of things genesis. <laughs> I think the genesis of a lot of things come from the original series and Give me Genesis. See, they're just go. they're coming out. They're coming. I'm sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> See what I mean? It's so easy. It's so easy. All right. Take us home, Z. Well Memorable Star Trek quotes aren't the only thing we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at what else you might have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm. To the journey! Do you have to have the stick to be the grand proxy? The scepter? Yeah. I see it as a walking <laughs> stick. <laughs> um, is that supposed to be the grand negus's um, scepter? Like, is that the actual one? Or, oh my it's a gosh. replica, of course, but is it supposed to be the actual one? I don't know, but what it reminds me of totally is old Biff from Back to the Future, old Biff, <laughs> yes. with his, his cane that he hits people on the head with. That is totally it. Hello. <laughs> McFly. Think McFly, think. Standard Orbit. People are coming over and they're introducing people to him. And it's my turn. And he goes, Steve, uh, Jim, uh, Jimmy, I want you to meet the, the host of the convention. This is Stephen Last. And he goes, please to meet you, sir. Nice to meet you, Mr. Dewan. And he goes, hi, Steve. Nice to meet you. And he's like, what? What? <laughs> you, mean, you mean you don't talk like that? The 602 Club. In particular, I noticed that the most with either Elastigirl or Violet, because it's sort of like you and I were talking about before the show, it, Helen, Elastigirl, really shows that she's Elastigirl not only in what she does as a superhero, but in showing the things that a regular mom has to deal with, you know, whether you're a single mom or, you know, a a big family, it's something that um, traditionally they're trying to show that um, a a parent goes through. Warp 5. Right, because Frankenstein himself, like, it doesn't really mistreat the monster, right? They've got him locked up, chained up and whatnot, right? Because he's, they don't know what to do with him, I guess. Like, now that I've made this corpse, well, now what, right? Like, like yeah. you know, it's not like a puppy. Never right? thinking like, about the end game. Just like all those, you know, master villains. It's like, yeah, you, uh, you rule the world and then what? Right. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, Get the show on iTunes or the Apple Podcasts app. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. That helps us out greatly and makes it easier for other listeners to find the show. 
If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Stitcher, TuneIn, Speaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course, you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website and grab the RSS link as well. If you would like to get in touch with us here at Trek FM, you can always find us on trek.fm slash contact and look in the sidebar on the show page. Or you can go to speakpipe.com slash trek.fm and please leave us a voice message. You can also contact us through Twitter at trek.fm, Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm, and the Babel Conference. Type the Babel Conference, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook or go to our website at trek.fm and click discussion on the menu bar. Another way you can help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week is to become a patron of the network on Patreon. If you visit patreon.com slash trekfm, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm, you'll find our current goals and different milestone contribution levels along with all the great perks we have for you. These perks include early access to content, exclusive content, producer credits, seats on our content development team, and more. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. Speaking of Patreon, thank you as always to our associate producers for Standard Orbit. They are Norman C. Lau, Nick Anastasio, Tim Robertson, Richard Marquez, Corey Elrod, and Dan Rhodes. You guys, uh, your, your contributions, your help, your support mean the world to us, and we appreciate you being associate producers on Standard Orbit. So to find me on the interwebs, you can find me on the Babel Conference. I'm there all the time. Or you can find me on Twitter at BostonSCPO. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at MoronZach. That's M-O-O-R-E-O-N-Z-A-C-H. And I'm also the host of my own podcast, Always Holding on the Smallville, where we talk about each and every episode of that Young Superman show. You can find us on Twitter at AlwaysMallville with one S. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Trekkie01D. Celebrating Trek Tuesdays. That's tomorrow, everybody. Wear your Trek. <laughs> yes, and use the hashtag Trek Tuesday. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and join us again next time here on Trek FM for another episode of Standard Orbit.